You're listening to the Public Health Epidemiology Careers Podcast, Episode 89. Welcome to the Public Health Epidemiology Careers Podcast, where we explore public health epidemiology careers and share tips and strategies to help you enter or transition into the field. And now your host, Dr. Charlotte Hughes-Huntley. Greetings, everyone, and thank you for joining me on this episode. This episode features a member of the American Public Health Association's Epidemiology Section. My guest today is Dr. Srilika Prakash. She shares her journey into public health with a global health perspective. She started her career as a medical doctor, specifically an emergency clinician, treating patients in India. She describes how that experience created an opportunity for research and laid the foundation for her journey into public health and her career in academia and research here in the United States, where she serves as a health sciences faculty member pursuing research of health-related issues. Be sure to listen all the way through because she gives some great career advice toward the end. So if you're ready, let's jump right into that interview now. Well, hello, Dr. S. and Welcome to the show. Thank you, Charlotte. Thank you to be here. Yeah, I'm so excited that you're here and we're going to cover quite a bit. So if it's all right with you, I'd like to dive in. Sure, sure. I'm ready. Okay. So if you would just take a moment and tell the audience a little bit about your background, you know, the type of work that you've done previously and a little bit about what you're doing right now. Okay. To start with, yes, it's been a few years, I would say. I started my practice as a clinician after getting my medical degree from India, New Delhi. Uh, and then, then I continued after the med- medical school, I continued as the casualty medical officer. Here we call the emergency physician for about six years. It was a very intense time, you know, and it is with you all know about the population in India. And I was in New Delhi, capital of India. We had enough patients to look after. Why did I change my career from that? People keep asking, why, why did you leave the uh, emergency physician role because people always compare to Grey's Anatomy or things like that. No, right. <laughs> it was not that exactly. It was because of some personal reasons, I would say, or maybe I wanted to challenge myself with a different role. I wanted to move more into academics and research. So I left emergency to move, get um, get into academics, teaching med school, uh, teaching in med school. There were allied health professionals included. I continued with that, and within that academic career itself, I also did get into research. I don't know this this newer generation might not even know that the research I did was on. Uh, you must have seen the tube which goes through the nose uh, for, you know, supporting breathing in emergency patients. Right. So yeah, so the research I did was with some anesthetics, um, anesthesia people uh, to minimize the time it takes to put in a tube and to uh, help them breathe better in emergency situations. In a country like India, it is not you know, technically guided or ultrasound guided. It's mostly manual, and you have to use your own uh, intuition to put in the tube, let me tell you. Wow. Yeah, so it was very difficult. I had seen like you know, people struggle to put in the tube, and you know, that is a waste of time in that moment. Exactly. Yeah, research I did was on that, how to minimize the time we spend in putting in a tube to maintain an airway. So that was my research. And that's when I was introduced more into more with, I could interact with people and their health 
that's where my interest in public health came into play. But uh, after that, I moved to United States. So in 2007, when I came here, it was a new place, <laughs> new, uh, you know, new beginnings, I would say. It was a new beginning to my life itself. So I wanted to continue my interest in that field. So from the clinical career, which was running around in the emergency, you know, managing so many patients, it was an interesting time and I was too young and it was good for me at that point of time, I would say. You know? Right. It was diagnosis. Diagnosis was easy and um, I had the energy to do it. <laughs> <laughs> so it was a good case. So from there, yes, I moved into here and then I did my MPH here in Masters in Public Health. I did here in Mount Sinai, New York. And um, I wanted to continue that along with my academic pursuit, which I was doing before. So even after coming here, I started with teaching here in a county college initially, and then I moved into uh, this role currently, where I am in health science faculty as an assistant professor in Stockton University, New Jersey. Here, yeah, that's I, I love your research story too. That's all that's really interesting, and I certainly can relate to having a high energy at that early early phase of career <laughs> compared to now. <laughs> So how did your previous work like prepare you for transitioning into the role that you're in now? Yes. So I would definitely say that, you know, I always tell my students too, whatever you do in life, whatever you learn in life never goes waste. And that exactly uh, mattered to me. You know, what I did in my clinical background, even though, as I said, it was, you won't believe somebody asked me, uh, how many patients do you see on a daily basis in a outpatient department like you know in a, in a doctor's office as you call it here you know how many patients do you see and I was telling my mentor here in New York and she said oh I see somewhere around 15 to 20 patients I said okay and how many do you see in India I said we had approximately 200 patients she was like what I said yes wow <laughs> so when I say my clinical background helped it literally helped because it's not one time when you're in an outpatient department in a general medicine field in India, in New Delhi, one of the most populated metros. So you don't have a chance to even, I don't know, eat is, forget about eating. You only get to drink probably some water or some whatever is available because you have a continuous flow of patients right. and it keeps happening. And every patient gave me a perspective. When I look back at it, every experience, every patient I saw, helped me give my, that, you know, that broadened my perspective of how to approach health in, with that kind of an eye, as public health is not just one way of looking at it. It is, you can have multiple directions in which patients can think, and as, as a doctor, you can think about not just being held at an internal medicine or a gynac or something like that. That's where my clinical background really helped me pursue this career into public health is I saw, thought, thought that as a clinician, I can broaden my perspective into public health uh, much more than what I think. So that's where this clinical perspective came into play. And when I, why did I choose epidemiology specifically is because, as we all know, you can look at a varied kind of distribution of diseases. It's possible, you know, how it is happening in different just For me, it is, I have the global perspective of diseases too. So I do a bit of global epidemiology. So looking at, you know, different aspects of epidemiology in the global perspective, in the regional, local kind of approach. So I do all that because of my background. 
because I was exposed to, you know, that kind of a background outside US too. So I brought that into play when I did my, when I'm doing my public health research here. So that is also, so one of the, uh, one of the example I can quote is about the neglected diseases. Some of you might have heard that globally, we have a burden of neglected uh, diseases. So like, you know, there are a few, I ask, I do lectures here. So where I asked students, have you heard of these names? here in the United States, and they didn't know any of those diseases, I should say. So I said, you know, there's almost a billion people die every year because of these diseases, and we in U.S., we don't even know about them. So I'm just giving you an example. Like, you know, you can look at these and conduct public health epidemiology-based research, and then you can, you know, that is one way which helped me, like, because I knew how the diseases worked, what, what were the causes, how the symptoms were, I could have a kind of whole perspective about that disease and then move ahead with my epidemiological you know, understanding of it. That's really great. I can, I can really appreciate that, you know, that global perspective because of the type of work that I've done the last four years where I really look at the epidemiology of disease across several countries and, like you said, the global regions. So, um, yeah, I can really appreciate that. And I think that is a great benefit for your students because they get to hear directly from you with your experience. You get to um, introduce them in many cases, like you said, your students haven't heard of a lot of these diseases. So you get to introduce them to that global perspective. So that's really great. Thank you. Yeah. That helps. (laughs) Yeah. So let me ask you sort of transition a little bit. What population or condition or, you know, just public health problem are you most passionate about? What do you care about the most? So um, I don't care, you know, uh, bring myself to any one topic. Uh, that is one thing which I decided, as I said, because of my varied interest, I wanted to, again, pursue my research also in that field. I typically look at the current issues, like, you know, current health-related issues or whatever is important in today's world. And the population I'm working with right now uh, includes both youth and adults related to the drug use and misuse which has been going high in you know united states we are hearing about the opioid addiction and all the epidemics happening along with that so current we don't have um, a robust data on any of these kind of drug use and misuse as when i say robust not clean data it is all like nationalized surveys and stuff like that so i started my research two years back here after i joined stockton with the youth population as a pilot study uh, to look at the drug use and misuse in youth population. And as I was working on it, I also got to work with a small organization, a nonprofit organization in Atlantic uh, County, where they were also interested in doing a similar one in adults. So I'm working on both the youth and the adult population right now, looking at what kind of knowledge these youth have about these drugs. What is the perception they have about the use of these opioids or other, you know, drugs which is in the market right now? So that is the current work which I was, I already have the data and the data is getting analyzed. And actually, uh, we are, I have already submitted my abstract uh, for presentation in APHA this year. So it is the work which I'm doing right now. As I said, it's not just one field. I am also uh, working with few students on pregnancy outcomes and uh, occupation. That's something as a 
female i also went through so i wanted to do something related to that where like you know how your occupation might affect your pregnancy outcomes like when i say outcomes mainly you know low birth weight or premature births why does that you know will that kind of work affect those pregnancy outcomes that's something which i got interested and then i am working on that too parallelly so the research has uh, multiple wings for me right now so the idea is also not for just me doing the research i have few students working with me to generate that kind of interest right you know to help them start with research in an at an early age which i did not get an opportunity to do in undergrad it was not a thing which happened in india research was not given that and actually even if research was happening as an undergraduate you were not exposed to it yeah so i wanted the students who i'm teaching right now to you know have that kind of experience working with a professor on small research and how this kind of can generate that interest in them to continue with it you know in later on life i think that's important when you can introduce that at the undergraduate level and give them that experience you know a lot of a lot of times that's when they can learn for themselves if it's something that they're drawn to or not yeah um but just having that hands-on experience is so much more valuable i think than just reading about research right right and i truly believe it would have helped me better if i i am looking back at it right now that you know if somebody had told me that you know research was one field i wouldn't have you know i would not i would not spend those time in between doing the MLE or things like that, I would have gone back into research long time back. But um, right. yeah, so from the experience, you you learn from your experience. So that's what I believe. Uh, and I see the students have that kind of potential. I know, you know when you're teaching, you know who, how you can generate that interest in class. And then they would approach me. I don't personally tell you, come to me and I, you will get my research. That's not how it works. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they have to come up with a topic. Yeah, they have to come up with their own interest and show me their interest by you know pursuing something ahead so that i also spend my time you know worth on that whatever topic they want to so one of the work my students right now came up with was stroke disabilities because she saw her grandparents and relatives suffer with stroke related disabilities so she was like i wanted to see how do people uh, live after having stroke right you know the post so we all know how they change it changes your life so she said her grandfather was a very active person and after stroke he was so like you know bound to his bed and not doing these things it affected him a lot like emotionally mentally and you know physically all of it was getting affected so she wanted to do some i said i understand your personal interest uh, but uh, research is about public interest you want to have that interest generated in other people too you want to see how much you are interested in doing this topic so then she went out and she she's approaching like the you know adult communities around talking to them so it's just the start of the research but i am guiding her with you know helping her with that service part where she can go and talk to patients and um, figure out so those are the topics which i'm currently working on with my students that's really great i um uh, appreciate everything that you share and this is really um valuable and very important because i know just like you there are many things that i wish i had been exposed to at the undergraduate level or, or much early on but you know i think i use i use those lessons and I, that's why i try to provide more to students where they are now because maybe it's you know something i learned from what i didn't have 
when I was at that point. So I tried to do more at this level. So I can appreciate that. What advice do you have for maybe recent graduates who are trying to start a public health career? Maybe they've already earned a degree, you know, just lacking experience. You know, sometimes we have students that go through and they're so busy trying to just get through the classwork and the coursework and, and struggle to finish the degree and then really have a hard time trying to find a career in public health because they don't have any experience. So um, do you have any tips or advice for someone who may be in that situation? Yes, um, I would definitely say it was a struggle for me too. It was not easy. And again, I tell myself I'm, and people tell me that you're a very persistent person. So I would definitely advise those students and grad, early fresh grads or like people like me who already have some degree and you come with the perspective that, you know, I should be getting a job now, but I'm not getting it. You know, those I have gone through all of that. So I can very well relate mm-hmm. to those kind of, you know, kind of struggle we are, any, anyone is going through. And I know it is not easy, but um, I realize that, you know, if you sit in one place and think that job is going to come to you, that's not going to happen, right? So we have to go out. So when I, again, even Mount Sinai, um, for those of you who don't know, it is a huge uh, hospital and they have like seven hospitals in New York. And the place I was in, it is only part, graduates in public health, they, they were only a small group. They have other med students, graduate students. To find an opportunity itself there was, people said, oh, you're in Mount Sinai, you should get a job. That It was not that easy. Mm-hmm. But I, what I realized is there are always small projects going on. You need to talk to your, you know, not really, sometimes they are not directly your mentors, but the people who um, are doing research within that place, you know, that's where I started. So the small, smallest project I started there was to look at, you are given this class projects, right? You always ask, they always ask you to do one of the class projects, present something related mm-hmm. to whatever a field you are in. So one of the projects I did was to look at the obesity in young children in Harlem, uh, that is in New York. Mm-hmm. They had big data and we were looking at it. So when I looked at it, I realized that, you know, probably we can collect data in real time, you know, probably we should just go out and see actually, you know, how it works. Uh, it was not easy. Again, as I said, I didn't know anybody there. So we, two, three students, we decided to do a project on that, like, you know, approach. There were like camps set up where people would come and get their medical wellness kind of check that was a non-profit organization doing it. We went there, we talked to them and they were like, oh yeah, we need people to collect data. Uh, If you're willing, why don't you uh, come over? So we were like, oh yes, we actually, and then we, it was initially not too much of pay. I was not saying we're going for pay. I wanted to make more contact. So that was the idea. So when I say that, try to start with small community partners. If you're really into public health, or local healthcare facilities, one where you should, one place you should approach. They always need people, but they are not able to advertise it that much because of they have fund restrictions. They don't know where to approach some of them. So sometimes, you know, going out, talking to people really helps. So one thing I realized is I hear also in department, you know, small county health departments. If you go there again, they also have these kind of data and um, collection or some kind of community projects which they might need hands-on help with. 
should not hesitate going and uh, looking for those kind of arenas to look for your job even with whatever experience you sometimes you oh, i don't have that much experience doesn't matter if you have the will and you are persistent that you know in your mind that you will get something going ahead it will work out it is not easy i would not say it is easy it didn't work i gave like so many interviews i know even with the clinical background and whatever i had it was not always easy to find a job i had like one and a half years after i did my not one and a half years less than a year before i got my first job after getting my public health degree but i definitely during that period i was not just searching for my job i also tried to assist these kind of community partners i was helping the school district like you know where my daughter was i tried to help them with the kind of you know public health lectures in the uh, local health department i helped them with uh, doing some kind of again health analysis things like that i continued my search for the job along with these kind of small involvement which actually helped build my resume too so i would definitely say that that's one way you can go about and which helped me find this job and this job was again i would say it was the academic uh, role with the research which i wanted to do but in public health direct i got a small like of contract job in the department of health here that was fine like you know that was for 3 months or something like that so any opportunity you get you should not think look at it as a job small or a big job or something like that it's not like that you should get to know people more you make your contacts try to keep in touch with them like you know ask for um their contact information try to contact them i'm not saying that you should go irritate them every other day that's not the thing but <laughs> <laughs> try to keep that you know channel open and so that they don't forget you like you know yeah. you have to approach them with that i i definitely feel that that's a way which helped me uh, get into my profession that's amazing i agree with you and i'm really glad that you elaborate on that and explain that that i completely agree with you so persistence you know stepping out not underestimating the small steps or the small projects i think right a lot of times we do or you know people will overlook those and so that's an extremely important point that you brought out so thank you for that and i would just like to ask you one last question as we'll wrap up but based on your experience what specific job seeking or business building tips can you share for people interested in public health careers right so um when you look at the public health careers when you put that job search uh, window when you put an epidemiologist or whatever you put there are like 20 or 30 jobs which come up right and you suddenly try to click on one and then look looking at their prerequisites or the uh, you know the experience or whatever you look at you're like oh no i don't have that i have the degree but i cannot do all that whatever is listed there right so when i started looking for job that is something which you know started you know those words start looking at me and i was staring at them and like i don't have this probably i will not get a job you know that was a faith where i was like yeah. i don't know i don't know where they get all these things from where did they get this experience and i don't have it like you know <laughs> that was the way i was looking at it for a long time and you know when i started looking at this then i thought who makes this these are the hr people who make it they also are looking at some kind of requirements and they are making this that's how they make it 
So probably I need to create my own resume in such a way, probably it might not equate with what they're asking, but you need to, um, I always say that you try to make your resume with the strong points you have. Yes. And you cannot match exactly with what they are asking for. Not all the time. I will not say that it will exactly match. It didn't happen for me. If it it's exactly matches something, very well. But if it doesn't, don't hesitate because you don't have that exact uh, requirements they're asking for. You need to map your resume with what you have. Obviously, you cannot bluff something there. You want to write what you have. But also try to bring out the positives or, you know, whatever you have your strengths in your resume, try to elaborate on that a bit more and also have that kind of an attitude that, you know, you, you always challenge yourself, right? You say that, you know, I've, I'm willing to do this. Put that in front, like, you know, at front. I don't know this part, but I'm willing to do this and probably some kind of support, I can learn it. So an example I can quote here is, I'm not a statistics person. I did statistics after 12th grade, only in public health. Like, you know, when I started learning epidemiology, that's when I was learning statistics again. And I was like, oh, I thought math was done for me. But no, <laughs> statistics, I had to do like, you know, algebraic equation. I don't know. There were like linear algebra. I had to do all that again. And I was like, oh, no, what did I sign up for? <laughs> but then statistics came. As in this programming, they, they, used, to te- they used to teach us SAS, the SAS program. Mm-hmm. So for me, I was like, okay, so because without that, I cannot do any epidemiology part, right? So I said, okay, so I need to study this. So you won't believe that when I was doing it, they were like first two days, I didn't know what these people were talking about. I'm like, what are they talking about? I don't understand any of it. But again, as I said, it is a persistent thought that, you know, you have to get it. You know, there is, you can learn it, you know, that it's not that you cannot learn it. It's probably I'll have to spend double the time. But that happened. And I also took up some kind of assistant job with a statistician just to see what these people are doing. So that was also another way um, which I got my experience doing SAS. So I got to install it on my laptop and I started working. So when I, when I, start, when I wrote my resume, I also said that I have the capability of working on SAS because now I have that experience, right? Yeah. So whatever you do, like, you know, bring out your strengths. As an epidemiologist, if you have that SAS or programming capability or something like that, it adds value to your resume. Put forward your strengths when you're applying for something and don't hesitate in saying that, you know, I don't know this, but I'm willing to do it kind of, you know, to that challenge yourself to the role, whatever you are ready to take. So when I'm teaching here in health science, it is not like teaching in India. In India, we have basic sciences as one course. But here in Stockton, in universities here, we also have the humanities attached to it. So you have to teach some general science course too. So when I was giving the interview here, they asked me, are you ready to teach some other courses which are not health related? I said, very well, I will. <laughs> I will teach. And that would be something which was, it was challenging for me to, you know, learn a new course. And two years, that's the third year now here in that college. And you won't believe I'm developing a course which is on Bollywood cinemas, which is not my, <laughs> I'm not <laughs> Uh, what do you call subject matter expert in any of that but it was a challenging role but I realized that it helps to de-stress the students who are in health science too so that's the way they approach so what I'm saying is mm-hmm. it might not be your uh, as I said you might, it might not be your expertise but 
you can challenge yourself you've done you've done so much right you do all these studies all the epidemiology or statistics or um, whatever you're doing global health you do all of that you can very well do these things too don't think that you cannot do it um challenge yourself and put forward your strengths always in your resume even if it doesn't match exactly what they're asking for create your own resume so i put forward myself as a clinical epidemiologist and a statistician so i don't know if they will ask for that job title anywhere like that uh, but you have to create your own resume with your own like you know personal experience or the experience obviously your professional experience not the personal experience professional experience in that way i think that is a good segue like you know to get you into the position you want and you can work from there for sure yeah i like that i like that you know that, that personal touch to help you stand out so that's great yes well my goodness thank you so much this has been a great interview and a lot of valuable information so i thank you so much for taking your time and meeting with me so early in the morning to uh to set this all up <laughs> So thanks very much. Thank you Charlotte and get good luck with all those who are in the field and I am um, on LinkedIn. Um uh, I don't get time to update it too much but if you have any questions or anything related to uh, you know coming from an outside place I know if you're not a US born raised person I know how difficult it is for different people coming from outside US and getting into the job market here or doing anything ahead in research. or some kind of whatever advice i can i will definitely like to um you know share or help with it so you can connect me on linkedin i don't do on facebook so <laughs> and I, i will definitely reach out um at some point for sure oh that's very generous and i appreciate that because i do get a lot of emails from my audience is is very diverse and i do have a global audience so i do have sometimes emails from students or just professionals who have come from other countries especially India and are seeking advice and and guidance and i think that your willingness to be uh able to you know just be a connection with them is great so i appreciate that and i will link uh i'll provide a link to your linkedin profile on the show notes for this page so that people can find you really easily thank you Charlotte awesome thank you i really hope you enjoyed that interview i certainly <laughs> did Her journey into public health was challenging, but she persisted and used that persistence to help her build her career. She didn't wait for opportunities, she created them. You can find a link to connect with Dr. Prakash in the show notes page for this episode, which is episode 89. So if you just visit drchuntley.com, once you're there, click on the podcast from the main menu and then just navigate to episode 89. and you'll be able to find the show notes for this episode as well as the links to connect with Dr. Prakash. Be sure to click that subscribe button right where you're listening if you're on iTunes it's the purple button. That way you'll get the newest episodes delivered directly to your mobile device as soon as they're released and you won't miss anything. You'll be among the first to hear the latest episodes. All right everyone, until next time, have a fantastic rest of your day. Thank you for listening to the Public Health Epidemiology Careers Podcast at drchuntley.com.